Yes. Hello, hello. Welcome. It is your favorite podcast that still lacks a decent intro. It's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, creator, founder, and CEO of Cinema Draft, the game, your weekly obsession, the box office game of champions. It's where daily fantasy sports meets the movies, but instead of drafting athletes from teams, you're picking actors for movies and how their movies perform at the North American box office gives you points to compete against others for cash prizes. That's right. There we go. All right. So <clears throat> we are, we will get more into the gameplay later, but I want to introduce, reintroduce, allow me to reintroduce yourself, our boy, long-standing podcast co-host, off in the wilderness, come back home into the fold, Peter Vogue! <laughs> <laughs> you already know. <laughs> H-O-V. You know, I couldn't help myself when you said allow myself to introduce myself. Um, <laughs> right. It's good to be Say, back, man. Yeah, I... Yeah, what you been up to, Peter? Um... You know, uh, been not feeling too good, man. It's been like uh, a month of just straight cold and rain out here, which like I like it in a way, but then also it starts to wear on you when it like it gets dark at four and like I'm going to work at like eight o'clock in the morning. It's still dark, so it's like, oh man, it kind of sucks. But we're, we're good, man. Playing, uh, playing some more Dungeons and Dragons, doing some fantasy football. You know, yeah, and definitely just, helping us on our mobile rollout, right? We're we're still maybe a couple weeks away. Yeah, no. Well, we're probably like a week away at this point. Yeah. Oh, awesome! All right, yeah. So all you guys who hollering at me, complaining that you can't update your your thing from the thing at the thing, we feel you. We're working on it. We'll get it to you as soon as we can. We're the little startup that could. And also, I just wanted to give you guys fair warning: we may be joined later in progress probably out of the blue, by our favorite burgeoning DFM pro, that's Daily Fantasy Movies pro, in training, Jay Devlin, the one and the only, the inaugural winner of the feature presentation. He will carry that to his grave. And since Peter is back, that must mean one thing. Our drinking game is back. I got my... I oh, got my drink, man. he's got I a got head start. Out. He's pre-gaming, I'm, I'm y'all. Online. He's pre-gaming. Well, so, well, it's my wife's birthday tonight, the big 2-8. Uh, shout out to my oh, lady. Love you. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Good but, job. But, you know, we both her, especially her, actually, she gets up for work at, like, 5 a.m., so she's in bed already. So, uh, But I'm on my, like, we had some celebratory rum and coke, so I'm on, like, number four at this point. So we're rolling. Yes. A lit Pete is a fun Pete. All right, Peter. Good to hear. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get in there. Get in there. Oh, give, us your, give us your Hillary Watch shimmy. Ooh. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm with her. I'm with her. I'm with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am with Peter, and our drinking game is, is on again. It's lit once again, family. That's right. I just can't get enough of that cash register, damn it. All right, so now we're going into one of my favorite segments of the show, which is what 
I'm watching. And I just recently came back from uh, Santa Monica, California, where there was Investor Festival, which, which paired a bunch of startups with potential investors. We did a one-minute pitch for Cinema Draft. I think we pretty much killed it. Pretty much everyone else told us we killed it. So we're pretty much got some feelers out there and everything, hoping someone will invest in this little startup that could. And after one of the days, we, we got done, and I actually couldn't find someone to hang with afterwards, which is kind of rare for me in L.A. because I lived there for 10 years, and I know a whole bunch of people. And every time I come, I feel this big guilt but not being able to get up with people. So instead, since traffic was a bitch, and I was kind of out there in Santa Monica, I looked around. Guess what? There was an Arclight Theater. Arc lights, if you're not familiar, over in the LA area are these are these fancy hoity-toity, super whatever uh, expensive uh, movie theater experiences in LA, and they were just so happy to be playing the Queen of Cutway. It was a Thursday. It most likely was going to be the last showing of the Queen of Cutway at that particular theater, if not in the entire west side of LA. So I decided, hell, take my dollars. I got some time to kill. Trying to wait out traffic. Let me go check out the Queen of Cutway. Now, I must say, in this really chill environment in Santa Monica, where they have, like, the reclining, everything, and you can get, like, you know, a little beer and your wine or whatever and take it to your seat and all that good stuff, uh, I, I, it was, I saw a really good Disney movie. It was, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was heartwarming and also a little heart-wrenching because anytime you're dealing with, you know, with like economic disparity among people, it's just, it's gonna it's gonna you know tug at you a little bit. But it was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's I mean, and of course, I've got to say my favorite line, the tagline from the movie. You know, it's because it's about chess and everything, and they're talking about like castling. You know, the little move where the pawn turns into the queen or whatever, and she has the little girl who's just adorable and nervous the entire movie. She goes, "It's when the small one becomes the big one." Had to do it. Just feeling <laughs> it. No, that, that's what I was watching. Have you have you seen the Queen of Cotway, Peter? Has it reached Pullman and the Palouse yet? I don't think I don't think Pullman's got it actually, uh, but I I don't know I, I definitely haven't seen it, but I want to. It's fun if you ever have kids. It's something you might want to rent on the old. I was gonna say VHS. God, I'm old. On the old uh, digital download wow. like that. Yes, yes, he's old. Wow, VHS. <laughs> no, I grew up with VHS. Just barely, though. Just barely. And you weren't missing much. Poor video quality. And so the other thing I'm watching is I saw Real Sports the other day. And, and you know, I mean, it's Real Sports is cool. It's kind of something I have on the background while I'm working. But this one was about, like, so, you, so Peter, you, are you familiar with that picture, the portrait in 1968 at the Olympics in Mexico City? The two, uh, the, the two brothers who won, like, some sprinting thing, uh, one and two. And then, and then they raise their fists with the black gloves on like that. Uh, actually, uh, I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, uh, like, let's be, let's be real here. Of course I am. <laughs> All right, my bad. <laughs> you check my ignorance. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so I think it's, it's like one of the most iconic, yeah, iconic pictures oh. of all time. Oh, absolutely. And so, but the, there's a, there's a, a, a secondary story to it, which I never really heard about. Like, actually, it's, it's little known, to be honest, for most people here in the United States about the third guy. So the white dude on the podium in third place, an Australian guy named Peter Norman, he, he actually had this, this really interesting uh, turn of events from just being on that stage because as it turns out, all three of them wore these buttons that said like the Olympic Human Rights uh, Committee or Progress or Progress Human Rights Committee or something like that. And just for wearing that single button and showing solidarity, even though he didn't raise his fist, 
even though he didn't raise his fist, he showed solidarity with you know the the brothers up on the stand just by wearing the button, and he lost his entire track career after that. Like next cycle of Olympics, they passed him up when they came. I mean, they totally like almost they tried. It's almost like they wrote him out of the record books in Australia. It's messed up. So that was really fascinating. Real sports. I highly recommend it. It's the one that came out on Tuesday. Bryant Gumble or last Tuesday, sorry. Brian Gumble, keep doing your thing. That was really, that was really good. That's really good. And of course, Atlanta. I mean, it goes without saying. I'm, I'm gonna do another sad trombone here, because tonight was Atlanta's season finale, and I just don't know what I'm gonna do. I, I'm like shedding real tears here. That was an excellent episode, of course. An excellent season. Only eight episodes. I miss it. Like I miss a high school girlfriend. Man, I am gonna miss that show. It is awesome. Have you seen Atlanta yet, Peter? No, I haven't watched Atlanta yet. I know. I'm out of the loop. I'm out of the loop. <sighs> man. I'm, <sighs> man. I mean, it's only, well, it's, it's only eight episodes or half an hour. Binge it this weekend. I mean, you'll be like, that was lit AF. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like – I don't know how you find the time to watch the amount of stuff that you do because, like, I like – I feel like I'm like underwater with like all the books I'm reading, like the game, like the Xbox games I'm playing, the movies and TV I want. Like, and you watch probably five times the shit I do. So I, I don't know how you do it, man. I really don't. Well, that's because you read, and I actually am so jealous. But every time, stop, stop texting me or I any shit you're reading. All right, it makes me jealous as hell. I'm an author, damn it. I've got like three published novels and shit. And I don't even have time to read. It's annoying. Uh, I was actually listening to a podcast today, actually John Grisham's first podcast ever. And, you know, that John Grisham's my dude, you know, a little known fact about me early on in my writing career in, in like junior high and high school, I used to devour John Grisham's books. I tried pattern, pattern, patterning, pattern, patterning my writing style somewhat after his as far as like how he's really swift the plot and everything. And so he's talking about like his new stuff. And my first impulse is just to go to Amazon and buy it or go out to Walmart and get it. And I, I actually have to check myself because I am busy trying to run Cinema Draft. This is a beast. I mean, we're that, that's why that's why we need investors' help. I'm gonna you know shake my little digital digital hat again. I mean, that's why I, uh, we're going out to investors because we need resource, we need help. Uh, so I can get back to reading at least a little bit, so I can s feel like the educated brother I like to think I am, and not let Peter read everything under the sun and tell me about it. I'm very jealous, Peter. How do you find the time? Uh, well, that's like I'm kind of well. So here's the thing: is I feel like you know you're already you're a published author and all that, and like you you know you got a couple of years on me. I'm like just now coming into my own in terms of like the literary world. Like I. Uh, you know, I'm reading like I've never read before. And that's kind of like a new, for the past like 10 years or so, I've been working on, you know, just like working on tech skills and like being like all the learning and reading that I've done over the last like seven, eight, nine years has been focused on like the technical realm of things to kind of, you know, help my career and all that. But now I'm, you know, getting into like, fiction you know non-fiction historical stories that kind of thing and I've, i'm reading like i, I think hold on a minute what genre I, I my good right peter what, what what what's really you know ringing your bell these days so i'm a big uh i'm a big noir fan um classical noir and, and modern noir um and a lot of that's inspired by the akashic book series uh they do a regional anthology for i mean man just about everywhere from seattle to like 
uh, Haiti, uh, New Delhi, like they've got all over the world and all kinds of cities in the U.S. They do an anthology for each region um, that's focused around uh, like the noir themes, uh, you know, dark crime, uh, lots of moral ambiguity, as it were. Um, so I'm reading. I'm, I'm reading a couple. I just finished the Las Vegas one. I just started uh, Providence Noir now. Uh, I'm also reading uh, A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. That's a Massachusetts guy. Shout out to Massachusetts. And uh, I'm also the most excited. The book I'm most excited about right now is The Whites by Harry Brandt, which is which is uh, the same guy who did Clockers. Um, it's a he's a, he's writing under a pseudonym for this book, but. Uh, it, actually, Richard Price uh, is his real name. That's what he wrote Clockers under. So the whites oh. is cra crazy lit. Uh, characters on characters on on characters. I mean, shit. It's like probably ninety uh, people you got to keep track of in the first you know couple hundred pages. So uh, highly recommend the whites by Harry Brandt, aka Richard Price. Highly recommend the uh, noir anthologies by Akashic Books, uh, the publisher out of Brooklyn. Uh, just great stuff. Akashic. Oh, I knew that rang a bell. I think I know an author back, like back in back in my day when I was out, you know, just becoming a, a published author. I think one of my contemporaries, You know, what, let me let me not tell my lies. But I think one of my classmates, Kenji Jasper, who also had a book deal, might have published under Akashic Books. But I'd have to check on that. And I'm too lazy to do that kind of research. But either way, shout out to Kenji Jasper, writer extraordinaire. Came out with Dark back in 2000, 2001. Yes, we are that old. Don't tell me how old you were, how young you were, Peter. Nobody wants to hear that mess. <laughs> about to about to be 30, man. I'm coming up on a 3-0. I really, oh. I highly recommend, I highly recommend Seattle Noir. I haven't, I haven't read it yet, but because I've read so many of the other ones, I feel like I know you, you know the city so well, and every short story in the anthology takes place in a different neighborhood in Seattle. So, oh, like, you know, you, yeah, you've what, Capitol Hill. Uh, I guarantee you that the neighborhood that you grew up in is for sure a chapter in that book, a short story in that book. So I yes, mean, it's got to be noir because that's where all the. Let me, let me stop. I'm gonna cut it off. <laughs> but no, that's no the uh, South End, Rainier Valley. Represent, represent. The best, the best noir stories actually take place in places that aren't the hood. That's a true fact. Like the more okay. upscale, like wealthy neighborhoods, the best noir stories come out of like you know scandals in the in the with the upper crust and all that and they got all the resources to be doing dirt like that too so absolutely absolutely right right so uh, so okay so people didn't come here to hear a reading pod um although i am very pleased to hear how you are catching up in uh in your reading stuff because yeah i mean I, and i guess we i guess it goes through ebbs and flows sometimes like for me like i'll i remember uh when i was working for the man a couple years ago or last year or whatever i actually had time to read a little bit i got a lot of reading done and i saw some books i want to read so we will definitely look into those once we are funded and i got some help some help around here uh, what are you watching? Are you watching anything? Or are you just reading, like a nerd? Uh, ju just reading, pretty much. You know, playing. Excellent. Like I said, playing Xbox. Ma Mafia Three was legit. Uh, you know, if you ever want to be a black person and spray in a video game and spray a KKK <laughs> KKK meeting with uh, an automatic weapon, there's your game. So that's, it's it's real fun. Um, but no. Uh, uh, my wife is watching Westworld, though. Um, really, very interesting. So far. I I like it. I've been watching that. What does she think? 
she she uh she i think she said she kind of got burnt out by like the third episode or something like that but uh it seems right in my wheel uh, so i'm probably soon yeah you'd like because so far it's like dark moody it's 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 really confusing though like it definitely helps listening to the watch podcast once again big shouts to chris ryan andy greenwald there i mean andy greenwald doesn't like westworld <laughs> as much as chris ryan does but it's it's very cerebral you know it makes you think it's all about kind of like the i mean it's it's typical bad robot jonathan nolan stuff where it's you know bigger picture themes and how technology is kind of taking the, you know affecting our humanity and things of that nature but it, it is really good and interesting i you don't know where it's going i I have no idea where this thing is going, but I will guarantee that there's probably going to be at least one more orgy in this season. There have been two flat-out, no-holds-bars orgies. They make full use of premium cable. Bless their hearts. <laughs> yeah, bless bless the hearts of premium cable, like the absolute revival that it's seen. Well, we have always had good TV on premium cable, but the last like five years or so have just been uh, phenomenal. And I, I, I think... One of the things that interests me most about Westworld is the scenery because, like, my dad, it's it, a lot of it or all of it, I think, was filmed in southern Utah. Um, and uh, I, I'm a big fan of that part of the country just in terms of picturesque, like, settings. Like, I'll take, you know, like uh, that kind of backdrop over, let's say, like, the woods or you know anything like that any day and uh my dad shout out to pop lives in utah too so there's that connection for me as well. oh okay that makes sense yeah i um i you know i don't usually i am kind of wondering about the type of stuff like you know where like locations and things of that nature but it's such an immersive world at least at least i'm allowing myself to be bought in i just never thought of it you know like where it could be i'm actually trying to figure out if the setting of of the West world in, in their world is actually on a different planet or on like some sort of obscured version of earth. That's what he's kind of like the big scuttle, but, and there are like Reddit threads and stuff, which I didn't even bother chasing down because obviously I don't have the time, but you know, there's, there's some really interesting, um, uh, I don't know if scholarships right word, but a lot of interesting conjecture out there on, you know, on the message boards, among message board grinders trying to figure out all the details West world. It's pretty cool. Oh, okay. So, yeah. This is almost perfect timing. Jay Devlin's set to come on. We are going to invite him into our merry little band of cinemaphiles. All right, I'm going to pour myself another drink uh, while you do that. Okay, we are – all right, so the invite has been set. And so, and so basically, I, while <laughs> Peter is getting super lit uh, and we're waiting Jay Devlin, let's just talk about Jay Devlin a little he takes this very, very seriously. He is also a friend of the pod and actually helped me get my start on podding about Cinema Draft. I believe the first time I talked about Cinema Draft to an audience was on his podcast. He is the co-host of Mostly Sports. Mostly Sports is uh, basically what you, what you hear, Mostly Sports. They talk about you know, a lot of like sports things going on, but then they diverge into movies, entertainment, TV. <laughs> Our boy Jay is really into reality TV. You may even ask him about that. Um, and as our uh, topic this week will lend itself to some interesting responses. So we're very happy to have Jay Devlin as soon as he gets in here. And it looks like our boy Peter has been, has fixed himself a drink. He's coming back. I hear him rumbling back there. And we are now he's back. We are, we are topped off. Topped off. All right. So this week's Cheers. 
So this week's main segment, uh, what well, we are cinema drafting this week, we are going to, and since there's going to be three of us, we are dealing with, the, we are drafting our three guilty pleasures. And now what is considered a guilty pleasure? Well, movies that are generally considered bad, but that we love anyway. And y'all know how it goes by now. We alternate picks. Once someone picks a movie, that movie is out of play. Uh, let's give me, give me one more second to make sure we get Jay Devlin in here. And in his absence, it looks like we – well, it's actually, so I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little behind. So where are we on the over-unders? Are we – who was the last winner? Was it me? Probably was me, wasn't it? Well, we, we it was you, but it wasn't the over-under. It was um, picks for not this past week in NFL, but the week before. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? In in the interest of fairness, let's just let let's just uh, oh here here you send me an invite. Here's the invite. There you go. All right, click I think, the link, Jay. I, I think you should take the lead because you mopped the floor with me pretty thoroughly that last round of picks. Uh, oh, I'll okay. be honest. <laughs> it was like I think it was like I was like one in five. Or well, no, well no, I've got some catching up to because so. at one point you were. Like, Plus eight on me. Now I think I've got it down to what? Plus four, maybe? No, I think you're plus two. Down to plus two? Right. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Or no, I'm plus two, but you're like, you narrowed the gap almost to the point where it's. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I I mean, I just want to be, keep it within shouting distance. I mean, the week, the the season's only 17 weeks long. (laughs) You're trying to run away with it. It's already like, I can't. Can't believe I turned around, man. It's already week nine. Like it's crazy. Nine. And, and will we be having our prop bits this week? Will you? Will you yeah. deign to join us, common folk again? Yeah. <laughs> we are back. We are back in action. It's been uh, it's been a rough couple of weeks. We had a conference that I went to for work, and uh, you know, had a little bout of uh, you know, not not feeling so great there for a while. But we are back in action for sure. That's right. And I was traveling last week too, you know, for and I got my picks in fairly late, so no harm, no foul. And all right, so Jay's got the link. He can join us at his le- at his leisure. Uh, we are going to keep this party going. And all right, so I will lead off, and I'm going to take this one out of play. Only because knowing me, it's pretty easy to figure. And actually, I'm just, before I get into guilty pleasures, I'm just looking into a pleasure pleasure real quick. This, <laughs> in uh, on my third monitor on the corner of my eye, I, I mean, I've been so disinterested. But you know, as you know, uh, sometimes part time, one time, whatever, professional poker player, the World Series of Poker main event final table is going on right now. They are heads up. It is. It is. Uh, is it Kui Win versus Gordon Veo? And the styles can be any more different. Veo actually looks like he's, he knows what he's doing, and Kui Win is just bullying and pushing this guy around with some typical, you know, aggression. And it's just—it's bothering the hell out of me. I, I mean, there's so many plays I want this no. guy to do that I just won't let him do. So I don't know. And in this time of me semi-stalling, Jay Devlin, welcome to the show. Oh, hold on. Better late than never, my man. As usual, I put a picture of my girlfriend down there since I'm hijacking her uh, her Gmail account to jump on here because I'm brand loyal to Yahoo. But what's going on? What have I missed? What's going on? <laughs> You're probably like the last person who's still brand loyal to Yahoo. It's being sold for parts right now. <laughs> Old school, Ed. That's awesome. Old school. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's right. And then and, uh, say hello to Peter. Peter, our co-host. Jay Devlin in the flesh. Peter, what's up? Great to meet you, brother. I've been listening to every podcast you guys have done. You guys have been killing it. 
I know, I'm so glad you're here, man. This is going to be great. And this will officially, as Peter joked earlier, but also I will be proud to, to announce to the whole world, this will proudly be our whitest podcast ever. I am very excited to hear from the <laughs> other side of the tracks. Let's see what you're all thinking, what you're feeling, what your guilty pleasures are. I've already explained the rules to the, to the audience. We were just about to pick. But since you are our guest, first time in the pod, you basically raised me on, on, on podcasting. You were my first, I think, official podcast appearance. Jay Devlin, you get to choose. You, you get to go first. Go ahead and pick, pick your first guilty pleasure movie. Well, I was gonna I was gonna pimp out my show that I literally just left, but since you're gonna make me come right on and tell you my guilty pleasure, I'm gonna wait a little bit because I'm not sure I want people to know that my favorite guilty pleasure currently right now we all have many, but it's probably Magic Mike Double XL. Yes, yes, undertones. Yes, sorry, I just blew out your your, your speakers and listen to this podcast. But I am there for you. I support you hundred ten percent. Damn it, I Magic Mike that. XL. I'll Hell yeah. I'll tell you what. I haven't seen Magic Mike or Magic Mike XL, but listen, I love me some Channing Tatum. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I really, he's a he he in he is a guilty pleasure in and of himself. I mean. <laughs> Is he entertaining and talented? Oh my I goodness! Mean, every except for the Nicholas Sparks crap that he's he's done, the rest of it's pretty solid. But Magic Mike Double XL is a is a it's a story of a bunch of bros bonding, going on a road trip, having some drinks, meeting some women, and yeah, they strip at the end. All right, that's cool. But who can't get behind any of that stuff? It's about the brotherhood, man. That's, that's what it's all about. It's about the brotherhood. <laughs> did, did we lose Peter? Yeah, we, we lost Peter, but that's okay because I'm – oh, man, that is – wow. Guns blaze. Now, now, Jay, before you came on, I actually spent a good two or three minutes, you know, big-upping you and your show, talking about your show a little bit. So I've got you covered, but definitely we'll have you plug your stuff at the end of the show because we definitely want people to go support your podcast as well. Uh, but I – wow, that is – what's I mean, every time I talk to this guy, I mean, audience, <laughs> listening, watching, every time I talk to this guy, he's, he's just so inspiring. Was, I mean, he's just such a shrewd, he's just such a shrewd guy. His, I mean, his, his taste, his style, his color. I mean, he, he's, he's a guy you want to get to know, guys, everyone. We'll, have to, we'll definitely have to have you back on some other stuff. I'm really inspired by your first guilty pleasure. So I definitely feel well within my rights. The one I was always going to take off the top, definitely knock this one off the board. Y'all can't have it. Y'all know I love it. It is White Men Can't Jump. It's my second favorite movie after, of course, the non-guilty pleasure, just the straight-up, you know, bomb movie, Boomerang. White Men Can't Jump is amazing. It's fun. It's funny. It covers everything. There's there's race relations. There's great sex. There's and there's actually some pretty decent basketball. Some pretty decent basketball. I have a question. I have a question. Peter, welcome back, brother. You were missed. Um, <laughs> Sorry. What, Sorry. <laughs> you, said, you said guilty pleasure? What's so guilty about what white man can't jump is legendary, brother. There's nothing to feel guilty about there. I mean, I mean, yeah. so it, as far as that, it's 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 fairly well made, kind of in a low tech sort of way. But it, you can't. I mean, it's not like Saving Private Ryan or anything. I mean, it's 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 a fun movie. That's it's always. I mean, I, I feel guilty, I guess, for rating it as like my second favorite movie of all time. That's where it is in my heart. It's it's help it's me out, Pete. Pete, help me out here. 
Yeah, no, that's a great movie. I mean, there's no, there's nothing guilty to, about that. I, as far as like, I think part of this we wanted it to be like it's movies that you like that absolutely shit bombed at the box office, and I can't say whether or not it did. I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, I mean, dude, great, great, great movie. Nothing to be ashamed of there. Oh well, okay. That's the I, way I'm I, looking I, at it. These are movies that you're almost embarrassed. <laughs> so so mine wasn't embarrassing enough huh okay all right fair enough fair I enough mean, unless white guys dunking a basketball i mean that's more embarrassing for us no no no, no. the <laughs> embarrassing thing was how low that rim was when, when he went up there to dunk it. he had his knees in the chain link <laughs> well that's how it is like when we like like growing up in the suburbs of boston like we all had basketball nets like all the white kids in the suburb but they were literally like three feet tall so it's like it, that's how it is you know it's just, that's how we learn. We're, we're hockey players, you know what I mean? And you all had Larry Bird jerseys on. Yeah, too, Larry, know, I mean, that, that whole Northeast flow, I feel you. All right, so all right, so I, 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 I humbly withdraw. White man can jump from guilty pleasures. That's fine. I will substitute it with a truly fairly terrible, very period-specific 80s movie. I don't understand how my mom let me see this in the movie theater or whatever, but it is Mannequin. <laughs> okay. put Kim Cattrall on the map. It's, I mean, does that movie hold up today? I mean, this guy is basically, you know, having this fantasy with a mannequin, and it comes to life. And it's just, I mean, the eighties were a simpler time, but it, it's it's not a great movie. It's a fun movie for a young lad in you know, preteens or whatever, seeing this at the theater. Or whatever. I mean, I just thought it was kind of cool, kind of a fun little story. And then they have the whole camping out at the theater all night. And I don't know, I just kind of enjoyed it. It's, it's a really campy movie with big hair, terrible fashions, even though they worked at like a department store. I enjoyed it. Man, do you, do you find yourself like walking aimlessly around Macy's, just staring <laughs> staring at particular mannequins hoping they'd wake up for you or, you, or have you grown out of it? You know, it's, the one thing that movie did give us is a great song. That whole Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now, that's, that song stands the test of time. Who's that, Starship? He probably. I think that's Starship. Okay, that's a good one. That's a very good one. Pete, yeah. what do you got, buddy? All right, so I think so. If we're going with like just pure guilty pleasure flicks, I have to go with uh, the Devil Wears Prada because uh, I <laughs> love that movie. I, I did, did so. Okay, so here's my story with the Devil Wears Prada. So we we went on a cruise, like my family and I. I was probably like uh, like 21, 22 years old, something like that. And that was kind of like I had just started really learning how to like pound booze then. Mm-hmm. So my my father and I, my father and I would go out like every night in the cruise and just get absolutely hammered. And then we would like, I would spend the day like just you know l- lazing around in, in the in in my room in the cruise. And they played the Devil Wears Prada like back to back to back to back to back to back to back on the cruise channel. And I watched that shit probably like ten times on that cruise, and I've loved it ever since. Like just everybody is great in that movie. Uh, it's total. Pre entourage. Yeah, I mean, he he's kind of a he's kind of a bitch in that movie, yeah. to be honest with you. But uh, but every, everybody is great in that movie, and it's total chick flick about you know chick topics and all that stuff. But I gotta be honest, like I love it. A great great movie. 
Is, would you consider that guilty? I mean, it's an uh, excellent performance from, I mean, you know, I'm not going to nitpick over the, over guilt anymore, which is fine. I enjoy that movie. I think I might have owned it for a while, actually. Um, you know, I mean, Anne Hathaway, I'm sorry. All you haters, stay at home. Stay ass at home. Anne Hathaway is an American treasure. All right, she is wonderful. She can sing. She can well. She kind of dances. She is a great actress. And yes, we even see her boobs in Havoc. What more do you want? She's she's American treasure. And her Catwoman was perfection. Batman was the the third Batman reboot. Oh, love Anne Hathaway. Yes, I'm all I'm there for it. I'm totally there for it. What do you think, Jay Devlin? Uh, I mean, I, I I have nothing to add to that movie. I mean, that's pretty. Uh, I mean, the devil wears Prada. I, I, don't, I'm, I have nothing to add. That's fantastic. <laughs> I don't know if that's positive or negative, but I'm tired of people hating on Anne Hathaway. <laughs> we'll see. That's, that's, a whole, that's a whole different story. I'm not an Anne Hathaway fan in any way. Oh, Annie Hathaway's. Oh, Annie Hathaway's oh, to get my key and peel on. Oh, my goodness. Her and Liam Neeson's. <laughs> I mean, she's like a six that opens up her mouth and becomes a four instantly. Oh, heresy. That's, that's, and if you see this, when you see this, because we're getting, you know, Simidraft's going to blow up, I am here for you. I'm still Sangle as a Prangle, all right? I'm here for you. I'm there. <laughs> I'm, I will defend you against all haters, all right? Well, <laughs> let's segue from a six, six into a 10. That would be my girl, Kate Hudson. And more uh, importantly, the 10 in this equation is Matthew McConaughey's hair and how to lose a guy in 10 days. Boom. There you, there you Nailed go. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah. That's, all right. All right. All right, man. Good to see you, baby. <laughs> Matt McConaughey here, man. Love that what movie, was, baby. What was that run? Was he had he had a run with that movie? He had a couple with Kate Hudson. He did one with Sarah Jessica Parker. Failure to launch. All these romantic comedies. You want to talk about damn near submarining your your career just to get a paycheck? That dude just just entrenched himself in rom com hell it, and. He was, and for lack of you know, uh, for for lack of better comparison, he was good at it. He was decent. I mean, he made oh. he made some check, but he lost all respect to the industry until he had the, the McConaughey's. On a snow day, I will watch Ghosts of Girlfriends Past ten straight. Oh God, that was terrible. That was truly terrible. <laughs> Michael Douglas was amazing in that movie. Breck and Meyer. I mean, that is who's who of 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 thespians. Great actors. <laughs> Yeah, okay. no, that was a really good movie. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. That was good. I agree. Peter, yeah. Uh, so far, I'm on board with everything that everyone has said. Pretty much, uh, you know, the all like guilty pleasures. But I think we, I either either these movies actually aren't like that worthy of being guilty of, or we all just have really good taste. You know what? We're we're among friends here. We're in the trust tree. We're in the nest. It and sounds in, like we're all just really in touch with our feelings. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. You know, and 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 that, and I'm I'm proud to say I am a new age brother. Uh, and so being in the trust tree in the nest, I'm going to I'm definitely taking this one off the board because I know one of y'all bastards would take it off if I don't. So it's probably the most obvious one out there. And some people might not even say it's bad. Some people might say it's a camp classic. The one, the only, Showgirls. Wow. Okay. All right. Interesting. You know what, damn it? I'm a clap for myself. That is an inspired pick. That's the one that that's the go-to for everyone's guilty pleasures. I mean, because Showgirls is truly, truly terrible. And being too young to really understand how terrible it was, I and I enjoyed the fact that there was so much nudity, so much dance, and so much bad acting that it was almost elevated to high art. Elizabeth Berkeley, 
who has gone on to do other things, I'm sure, will forever be known as Noni, the showgirl with a dream, the one who took no shit from anyone, who dances aggressively as she talked, who just really was, was, was out to make it in this really twisted Paul Verhoeven world. And only could a guy at the height of his action powers have pushed that through the studio system because it is a truly terrible movie that is eminently watchable when it's late at night and you have some time on your hands, something of which I do not know the last several months. But it is a fun, campy movie with the hair, with the dancing, with the cat fighting, with Glenn Plummer as the DJ. Fuck was that? <laughs> it was really, really a fun guilty pleasure experience. Not to be confused with anything that is actually good. Show. Scene. Scene. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I remember watching it because you want to see the girl from Saved by the Bell, like, kind of look sexy. She destroyed yeah. her fucking career. Um, <laughs> you know, and what the director was the basic instinct guy. So you're like, all right, cool. There's going to be some hot, sexy shit going on. Yeah, I watched it once. She looked good. If it was on at the same time as like uh, Rocky Four, I'm gonna watch Rocky Four probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, is that the true test of a guilty pleasure yeah, movie? Like, a guilty pleasure movie won't trump a good movie ever if they're on at the same time. Uh, yeah, I mean Rocky Four is usually like my barometer for all things. Like, do I want to watch Rocky Four or do <laughs> I want to watch that? That's my baseline. <laughs> Rocky Four is actually. Rocky Four is excellent, and I love the comparison there too. Uh, like Showgirls for me, um, that was like the scandalous movie because I was like, I don't know exactly how old I was when it came out, but I remember there was the whole uh, NC seventeen controversy, and so it was like when I was young, it was like, ooh, ooh, Showgirls, like that's like that's like porno before you knew what porno was, you know, and it was kind of like this forbidden thing where it's like. You know, you kids can't watch Showgirls because that that got an NC seventeen. Uh, I don't know if it en- I don't know if it ended up with an NC seventeen, but I it think it, it, yeah. <laughs> it totally but, did. Uh, but it was that and like Henry and June, some foreign film that was like hella sexy. But what's what's funny about that is it's like you can like what ten year old kids put out on YouTube now is like more worthy of an NC seventeen than Showgirls was like it's how content has matured so quickly and how it's like it, you know you can go on the comment section of any given website it's way more offensive or profane or whatever you know no no Westworld has had two orgies two in five episodes I'm saying I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like it was back then. Nothing. Okay, so then, Peter, I believe it is your turn. All right. uh, I don't know. We're kind of taking a hard left out of where we were, but I'm going to go with Starship Troopers for this next one because, uh, (laughs) like, I love I love that movie, but that movie sucks. Like, it's not a good movie, you know? I, but I, I, that's like uh, the Rocky Four baseline for Jay. Like, that's like Starship Troopers for me. I will always watch that. That's like my baseline for, um, you know, what's on TV Saturday afternoon or whatever. I, I love Starship Troopers. For Paul Verhoeven, I think the, the master of the guilty pleasure. That's Paul. That's yeah. him too. That's the same guy. Same guy. He had quite a run at the in, in the late '90s of just putting out quality cinematic crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. No. 
That movie is that movie is not good, but something about like the action scenes where they go to uh, Planet Clandathu and you know they take on all these bugs and shout out to the most random and crazy cameo in that movie. Um, I, I, I like that one. It's it's kind of different from what we've been talking about, but I, I dig Starship Troopers. I mean that's that's Denise Richards in her prime, you know, right there. That's that's probably pre Wild Things. So, like, you know, you saw her in Starship Troopers. You got a little nibble. You got the appetizer. You go on to watch Wild Things, and it's like, fuck, Denise Richards, piece of ass, before she married Charlie Sheen and got fucking crazy. So I like That's a good call. That's a really good call. Didn't, and, they had, and they had a reality show, didn't they, Jay? I mean, you being the master of all reality things. I mean, She did. She had a show on E. Correct. I watched it. It was one season, right? I think I watched that. Was, was it? Was it? Uh, what was it called again? Something Sheen, being Sheen, or? No, it was a train wreck, is what it was. It was not good. For me <laughs> to not like something on a reality TV show it must be bad because I like everything. Oh man, and 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 let's give it. I mean, how are we feeling so far? Just as a quick aside about this season, of the real world, set in, of course, my hometown of Seattle. How you how you feeling about it? I've not seen one second of it. <sighs> are you boycotting it? Uh, no, I, did, I, I stopped watching. Are they piling up? I stopped watching MTV after the Backstreet Boys stopped making videos. I thought you watched <laughs> the Real World. Oh, you watched The Bachelor. That's what it I is. watched. Oh, you're so grown up now. You watch The Bachelor. Bro, bro, the Bachelor is MIT, and The Real World is like <laughs> Gordon Phillips Beauty Academy. <laughs> You know what? That's all right. I'll be I'll be the lone I'll be the lone real world stand over here. I, I watch it I watch it like out yeah, of Pavlovian habit. It's like oh real world ad I must watch real world's on I must record click record. I just can't help it. I mean there's I may have missed maybe two seasons. I don't do the world rules stuff. I like them living in in close quarters, hooking up, getting angry at each other, breaking shit and getting kicked out the house. That's the shit I, love, I live for. I don't know why. It's just like I can just have it on while I'm bouncing my checkbook or whatever and just feel some, some light catharsis of, of any, like, my, my, my inner teenager. It's, it's awesome. Real world's are awesome. Are they, my guilty pleasure. <laughs> are they showing off Seattle in a positive light? Uh, you can, hey. Not bad, I guess. Where they live is pretty dope. I heard they lived off of uh, Pier 70, so right on the water in Elliott Bay. I mean, the view is just ridiculous. I mean, uh, dude, I mean, if you can't have an NBA basketball team, at least you have uh, the real world. Hey, 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 Deals going on right now, damn it. Trust our process, okay, Philly? Trust our process. Well, as it so happens, too, the best real world, the two best real world series ever were both of our hometowns, Seattle and then Boston, like, way back in 93, 94, yes. whatever it was. With Montana, the Vegas as a close third, I must say. I actually play yeah. basketball. I play basketball occasionally with one of the guys who was on Real World Boston, Cyrus. Oh, Okay. Oh, how is he that player? He was he's like my age, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's oh. our age. Yeah, he's forty. Okay. And yeah, I was. A, what's that, Pete? That's like that. The uh, where they lived. Uh, if you want, if you want, it was like it a was renovated, like a renovated house, and house, and and that, that was like one of the coolest spots I can ever remember in the real world. That, that shit was that super late. I don't know, dude. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go. Not that it seems like we've hijacked this into the best real worlds, which is fine. <laughs> the, the 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 real world LA was fantastic to me. 
Oh, Tammy! Yeah, where she's yeah, like, I feel unsafe, and he tried to assault me. And, uh, and, and, cra and Crazy David, the comedian, who then kind of became famous a little bit afterwards. You had like the, House Party the white... The, yeah, House Party 3, the white country boy who was a singer <laughs> who might have been a racist, but he didn't know if he was a racist. <laughs> you know, you got a drunk, a drunk Irish guy. I mean, this is the perfect storm of casting. They threw a perfect game. <laughs> I totally forgot about real world LA, but you're absolutely right. That the, the early days of real world when they were still figuring out what it was and like what the best dynamics of, of having a group together were. I mean, were pretty much like the best day. Like San Francisco was pretty. Does someone have their? Oh, okay. I think um, you got your like a window up or something. Uh, oh, me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting give some. I'm hearing, so. myself. I'm hearing myself. No? Okay. Uh, but no, I, I mean, so here's the thing. Good. Like, real world New York, real world San Francisco, real world LA, there was actually like social issues that were talked about. And they brought these casts together to actually have conversation. And then mm -hmm. when Las Vegas hit, the tipping point was like the, three, the Trichelle threesome in the house <laughs> is where the tipping point came, where the entire series just turned into like sex and arguing. And then, they, you know. And that's when they lost it. Well, that's where they lost me in there. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay, well, well, that does kind of fit into our theme of guilty pleasures, but uh, whose turn is it now? I believe it, it's... Uh, is it me? I think it's you, Jay Devlin. You're, you're, you're third and final pick. Choose wisely. All right, I, I'm going to let you go ahead. I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm debating between two, and I'm going to decide while you're going. Okay, so I am going to do... It almost seems too obvious again, but uh, I'm going to do Wild Things. It's awesome. Awesome. It's very much sexy time. I think it's running of my guilty pleasure. So I really warmed up in the 90s. I don't know what it is. It be like high school and college. But yeah, it was 1995. I used to open DVD. Nev Campbell. Nev Richards. I mean, just getting in. Oh, Matt Dillon? Matt Dillon? Kind of crazy. I mean, that was a, a who's who's of Florida. It was hot. It was sweaty. There was alligators. I mean, it yeah, was man. yeah, it was fantastic. It's a very that's a very good call. Yeah, you're uh, you're all your picks are along the lines of like there's a lot of skin going on in the nineties. <laughs> I mean, nineties were were, were were crazy time for a young Eduardo. <laughs> since since you said this is the the whitest podcast you've ever had, I was debating between a really white movie. Or a really black movie, so okay. I'm actually going to go with. This is one of my all-time favorite movies ever made. My girlfriend makes fun of me every time it's on TV. Like I stop what I'm doing and I watch it. I love it. The Best Man. Oh God, that's not guilty oh. pleasure at all. That's like that's like. It is when you're a guy and you. It is when you've watched it 40 times. <laughs> wow, so you try to tell me you've seen the best man more than I've seen the best man. That's awesome. Oh, Estrange. I mean the, the best man has got it all. Again, I guess I guess my whole my my weakness is bromances. Mm. You know, anytime you get a bunch of bros together, they're hanging out, they're going through some shit and they come out the other end smelling like roses, I'm in. That card game, man, that, that card game was was, was, was great. That was, that was that was some real shit, some real spiel right there. Agreed. Agreed. Have you seen the best man, Peter? I I haven't actually, um, but I do love a good romance. 
Oh, it's great. And then you like the theme song has got like a collaboration of, uh, you know, of, of R and B singers. You got Tyrese, you got what well, you got, uh, one, Genie one. Do you guys watch parks and rec? Genie one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love parks and rec. Love Parks and Rec. That's a great show. Is it? Is the best man that is that the Omar Epps flick from like ninety six, ninety seven, or whatever it was? Omar Epps, Tay Diggs, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I saw that. It's, 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 it's been a long, it's been a long time. I've never seen them both in the same room at the same time. Or Mike Tomlin and Mike and uh, Omar Epps. That, that's Omar Epps. On running joke. <laughs> Okay, so then, Peter, I guess you have to bring us in for landing. What's your third guilty pleasure? All right. Um, this is a bad one. Um, oh, yes. Great start. All right. I, I'm going to go with Fever Pitch with uh, Drew Perrymore. Oh, no. That's not I know, it's so bad. It's, no, it's, good. it's good. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Oh, the first, all right. That's the first one that's made me embarrassed to be on this show. You win. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like like so. I, I'm a Boston guy. I'm a Red Sox guy. I was there in 2004 when it was, uh, you know, when they won it all. Uh, so there's that sentiment attached to it. But uh, I fully, I fully acknowledge that that movie was just tremendously awful. But I, I still love it. I, I, I can't help myself. I mean, worst adaptation of a book ever. Because it was a book, it was an English book, I believe, about soccer, English soccer. That was a book? Are you that kidding was a book. Me? That was a bit about, but it was based around uh, uh, an English Premier League soccer team. And then, like all Americans, we think, well, let's just Americanize it. <laughs> we'll get a talk show host and a former drug addict, and boom. There you go. I guess. Uh... I guess an English uh, Premier League team that was like in relegation would probably be yeah. the closest comparison to the Red Sox back then. Agreed. Agreed. I like it. No, that's a good one. I mean, this is. A, oh, good. I told some people I was going to have this conversation with you tonight. Like on the, on my show tonight, I was you know on the breaks we were talking about it. The guilty pleasure thing is something that can be talked about forever. I mean, it's such a great topic. Oh, yeah, guilty pleasures just in general? Yeah, just guilty, like, movie-wise. Like, because everybody has, you know, you can go back, you go back to the 80s, practically every 80s movie is a guilty pleasure in a great way, in, like, yeah, the best way true. possible. Like, some kind of wonderful, you know? Any John because, Hughes because movie. Because through, because through the, the, the passage of time, none of those on their own kind of stand up, but through the lens of nostalgia, they, they are, you know, pleasures, guilty, you know, however time appropriate for when we grew up. Absolutely. And a lot of times they take you like it's it's a it's a singular feeling that you get because you go back to how you felt when you watched that movie and you were like a coming of age, 15 year old boy. You know, you're watching showgirls you know, <laughs> in, the, in the dark in your parents basement. And I'll stop. I'll, I'll just stop right there. I don't even know what you're doing. But, you know. I was about to say, first of all, you're setting way, waxing way too nostalgic. <laughs> that like, just, like Bob Costas on my damn podcast. Way too smooth for this, for this, this, this uh, roughshod podcast of ours. And then he takes the turn. And he, thank you very much, Jay Devlin. Thank you for, for, for bringing us home on this segment. We had a lot of fun. And basically, 
the way you're talking about how you guys are talking about movies during the break and everything is a great read into to you know why we have the cinema draft game and basically what it is. So basically, cinema draft is a fancy sports version of movies. It is. It is, it is basically, you know, basically, you know, taking ten actors who all have a dollar value. You have a hundred k budget, try to fit them all in. Ten actors, no more, no less. You have one of each of the three of each type. Wide, two thousand screens, limited, between five hundred and two thousand screens, and then platform, five hundred screens or less. You must have one of each. You have two headliners for each film. They're 40% more. And also, give uh, you an example. It'd be, say, Suicide Squad earns 100 million. You get one point per million for wide releases. Margot Robbie gets 100 points, while Will Smith gets 140. And uh, mute yourself real quick, Jay, because I think we're getting a bit of an echo. Um, see if that will cure it. Cure it. No, I, 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 there you go. And oh, okay, there we go. Um, sorry about that. And then also let you know it's free to play. We are uh, in open beta. It is live. We have over two hundred dollars in prizes this week. So definitely come check it out. And now we're coming to Jay Devlin's favorite part of the program, which is the shot list. Go ahead and speak now. Uh, thanks, man. No, I mean, I'm, I'm just literally, this is the, I've been in Philadelphia the last couple of weeks and I flew it back to LA today and I really haven't had a chance to look at the pricing, but now that I'm looking at it, I think this is just my first thought. I think you under, uh, underpriced Dr. Strange. And you know what? I'm thinking the same thing too. After, of course, so we have to build these out about a, about a day before any real kind of projections come in. And so I, I kind of do the best I can. I mean, it's it's well. I mean, Marvel is going to Marvel always plays what have you, but it's such a strange trailer. Like no, it is. That you yeah, you kind of don't know where to go. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of inclined to go 30. K. I was, at first, my first thought was going to be 30k starting. Like so the way I build up these guys, start the lower, the lowest actor in, in the rung and work my way up. Thinking about starting at 30k, I wasn't sure. I haven't been really feeling the buzz. Like the the, the 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 ads are everywhere. That's one thing. But so are Infernos. Okay, and look how that shit turned out. So I was trying to be a little conservative here. You know, Inferno. So I don't know. I gave I it twenty six. I gave um, I would. I think I gave uh, Cumberbatch the star of it, uh, twenty uh, the top salary of the week at twenty six thousand five hundred. So you think that was a bit yeah, low? That's, huh? Yeah, that's. I just. I mean, well, all I know is I got a text from you today talking about sixty five million dollar openings, and <laughs> I mean, if this thing is going to open even like fifty. 26 is is uh i mean then you have to have the two you have to have the two headliners from doctor strange and then go from there because the so, other uh, thing about the the indian ahead. movie is is going to is going to be strong again it just yes, will you know and so somewhat I think still that, be priced. i mean it's you can fit in some more uh, some more i think it's called ideal high high skill i got that right that was pretty good uh, thank you. Uh, so, uh, so you're gonna want to have a lot of that. That's of that. That's the decider. But also with Doctor Strange, I also, I also think this might be one of those weekends where the box office expands. Sometimes you, sometimes it can like co cannibalizations. Like it's either one or the other. One must, one must last. Okay, Medea's like, all right, all right. 
you know, bump this dumb bump shit. This We're dumb just gonna, shit. you know, gonna, take you know, the box house for second straight week. You're just gonna have to take it Inferno. Although I have to kind of admit, I'm not exactly sure the people who come out to see Inferno are exactly coming to see Medea. But either way, Medea left its imprint on the box office. Next weekend or this weekend coming up for this game, it's one of those weekends where I feel like, okay, so we're gonna have 65 million for Doctor Strange. We're probably gonna have 30 to 35 million for for uh, I was gonna say stories for Trolls, which is the new animated release I think from DreamWorks Animation with. Uh, Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick voicing some of the <clears throat> some of the roles. So I it's one of the, I think it's going to be one of those weeks where honestly it's going to it's going to expand. So that's why I thought twenty six thousand yeah, a little conservative, but you know still there there could be a serious threat from trolls coming out. As that leads me to the, to the A list, which is the these actors these are two actors you'll definitely want on your call sheet. And of course I'm going to recommend the lower price of the two headliners, my boy Chiwetel Ejiofor, the man with the name. Uh, twenty. And actually, I had him at twenty. He's actually at twenty-five thousand eight hundred. Really hefty. That's you know almost that's over a quarter of your budget. It's a wide release. You're gonna need at least one Doctor Strange. So why not go for the cheaper headliners to get the forty percent bonus? You can try and headliner stack it, but it's gonna cost you one half your budget. And the winning call she will definitely come from one headliner from Doctor Strange, and then a creative mix of some of the other movies out in the marketplace. <clears throat> also, I recommend Justin Timberlake from Trolls. Once again, Trolls is going wide. It's going super wide, like 3,000 screens plus. Uh, it's, he's he's 16,800. Uh, it's a bright, it's animated, and it's based off of a highly valuable marketing product. So it seriously could give Doctor Strange a run for its money. I'm not sure it's going to give it 65 million run, but I would not be surprised at all if Trolls debuted at 40 million this weekend. So definitely want to have, you definitely want to have a piece of that. What do you think of the A-list so far, Jade Evelyn? Yeah, I mean, like you said, you can't afford to have two people from uh, Doctor Strange on there. I just, if it opens at sixty-five million, you think Trolls is going to do forty million, huh? I think it really could. I haven't seen <clears throat> so the one. There's there's a, one site which I shall leave unnamed, which I go to to try to get an idea of some of these. Uh, these projections, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if I see it pop up there tomorrow. They should come up with stuff on Wednesday. Trolls at 30 million plus, seriously. There's nothing really animated out there that's viable. Storks is on its last audience. I think it's got the whole marketplace to itself. I guess my point is, so like from one week to the next, last week, what did Medea do? Like 15, 16 million? 17 point something. Yeah, and then Inferno did 15 million. That's 32 million. So you're telling from the top two movies. So you're telling me in one week's time, the top two movies are going to go from doing 32 million combined to 105 million combined. Welcome People to are that excited. No, sir, and, I, and also welcome to November. Quite honestly, so so October. Yeah, I think I mentioned this before. September and October are kind of general dumping grounds for movies, especially September. September is just god awful. They dump the movies they don't really want in September. October has been. October's been Decent in, in recent years, but it's still kind of bad. Kind of but bad. then, yeah, and then, once you get in November, you're getting towards holiday season, and so that's why. I mean, pushing it earlier and earlier, kind of like how summer's creeped out from like June to like April. Same kind of concept here. It's like expanding the holiday season, the first weekend in November, and yeah, they're gonna show up and grow. Okay. No, I mean, you know, you have a lot more experience with with this stuff than I do. I know the holiday season is big for movies. That just seems like a huge jump. And, and the, the Doctor Strange movie, I've seen the trailer 50 times. I still have no idea what that movie's about. 
It's no, that's, that's why I, actually, that's why I was surprised yeah. when I text you that sixty-five million number. I'm like, really? It's doing that much? That's partially I'll why, 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 why you take the I'll under. Take the under. Okay. I'll take the under. And our our weekly twenty-dollar bet. All right. You're setting the line at sixty-five million. Sixty-five. Here we go. Million. Un- unprecedented. I'll even give you two to one odds. If you win, you get forty bucks. If I win, I get twenty bucks. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, yeah, and I need that too. How much am I in the hole for? Like fifty, sixty. <laughs> <laughs> You get two to one odds this week, and I got under sixty-five million. Okay, excellent. All right, I'll take those odds. So, next part of the shot list is co-starring, and these are some values you may want to look out for this weekend. And as previously mentioned, uh, we, I am offering you Ashwarya Rai Bashan. I'm sure, I butchered that. She is a former Miss World. She's also the star and the headliner in I Dil High Mushkil, Indian sensation that came out of nowhere. Over two was it two point two million on only three hundred and two screens last weekend. It has had a significant price bump. It has gone up, I think, two or three thousand. She is now worth ninety one hundred in platform release. Uh, Dominate the box office release type. It's probably got only another one or two weeks for stellar results for you to capitalize on. So get it while you can. So even a fifty percent drop will get you ten to eleven points. As in platform release, we award one point per hundred thousand. Uh, what do you, what do you think about the indie movie? I know you're chomping at the bitch. I am going to definitely play a few people from this film. And then on Monday, I'm going to go out and get some chicken tikka masala with the money <laughs> that I win from Cinema Draft. There you and go. I'm celebrate because that movie is pure gold. Pure I'm gold. Bollywood meeting Hollywood. can't pronounce it. But didn't the guy that won last week, he won by 60 points? He won. He won by sixty points because he had a six pack, a six pack of ideal high mushkil. I was I was flabbergasted. Wow. And he still had room to stick in there, um, a freaking uh, one from uh, Inferno, and it wasn't even the headliner. <laughs> kind of blew me away. Steel card thirty. If you're listening to us, you're a legend. You're a first blowout winner of the future presentation. You're welcome to come on the podcast and discuss your process. Because he's a newcomer. He signed up like I think on the day of, and I was really impressed by his call sheet. Well done, sir. Well done. Impressive. Very impressive. Very impressive. And also in your co-starring, I'd also recommend Abraham Clink Scales from Boo! From the day of Halloween. That movie is dead. Stop. Don't do that. Don't 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 recommend a movie that's dead. Because people will play somebody from that movie, and that movie, Halloween is over. I'm how I'm gonna play something from that movie, damn it. Stop fifteen thousand two hundred. We're gonna stop disrespecting the hustle god. And by the hustle god, I mean Tyler freaking Perry. And all I'm saying is that we've doubted this guy. I mean, I doubted him before his movie came out. I was like, this thing's going to do okay, but not that much. It'll probably come in third, took first. And you might as well, might as well fade it the second weekend, came back, took first. I'm not saying it's going to take first this weekend. It would be far and away, nearly impossible to feed. But please don't tell me Tyler's not coming for his money. If he had 17 million with only a drop off of 40% from the weekend before, I would be surprised if he made 10 million. At 10 million, damn it, it might be worth Under. I don't care. I don't care. 20 bucks. I'll take the under. No, no, no. I can't bet on everything. You're about to say. You were so confident, confident there. What's that? <laughs> I said you were so confident. No, <laughs> so I mean, 
Well, <laughs> only, only one bet per week, Dan. Only one bet per week. But uh, no, I mean, I'm fairly confident Tyler's going to come for his money. I'm still thinking he's going to do at least 10 or 11 million. I mean, his his legion, it should be running out of steam, absolutely. But I, I'd, be high, I'd be highly surprised if it went less than 50% drop. So I'm recommending Abraham Clink Scales uh, for the second co-star. And as far as the cutting room floor, damn it, just skip these losers. All keeping up with the Joneses. It's a dead film running. All Kevin Hart at limited release. And quite honestly, at any release type, this movie's run is done. Comedy concert movies don't hit for very much. It's run all its box office. Can it's pretty much dead in the water. Do you have any uh any ones to add to the cutting room floor, Jay Devlin? No, no, I think you uh, you pretty much uh, you pretty much nailed it. I wanted to just quick circle back if it was cool to uh, to Rocky Four. Okay. How much would uh, had Cinema Draft existed back during the Cold War? How much would <laughs> Sylvester Stallone have cost when that oh, movie man, so, debuted? So in 1984 currency, which is probably about you know 20 percent less than our current dollar. Uh, <laughs> no. um, wow, Rocky Four. I mean, that's so like ninety thousand ninety thousand dollars for Stallone. Then you have ten thousand left to pick your other nine guys. <laughs> So far, so in the history of Cinema Draft, or at least in the history of Box House Fantasy, which was the working title under which I was testing the, the game, uh, the, the highest total uh, salary I think we've ever had was uh, Harrison Ford at like, I think he topped 40K for the first weekend of Star Wars um, uh, Episode 7. So I would have to say, I mean, and that movie went on to do a billion. I mean, I think Rocky Four in today's value probably would have done like, what, one and a half billion, something like that. So I'd, I'd probably give him a good 42,000. Ain't nobody best okay. with Stallone in the 80s or 90s. I mean, ain't nobody best and, and when Turner and Hooch came out, would Hooch have been available as, a, <laughs> as someone to purchase? Or would you, like, you know, only, only if Hooch had an IMDb page. If Hooch had an okay. IMDb page, we'd be all over it. <laughs> if IMDb is just of, back then, of course. <laughs> I have a lot of questions, buddy. A lot of questions. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So we've set our over/under, uh, and uh, Doctor Strange, sixty-five million this weekend. And and uh, Peter, feel free to join us back. Um, I, I know this is the part where your eyes glaze over a little bit. Uh, we are <laughs> we are definitely high hardcore devotees of, of the game that you helped design. You know, we play off your brilliant, beautiful design. Um, what do you think about Doctor Strange this weekend? Are you going to pick the over/the under, sixty-five million? My, uh, dude, Doctor Strange is, is not making the over. I mean, let's just be totally clear. Like, I, there's, there's no way, not in a million years. It's just not happening. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, Halloween's over. And if my eyes are glossed over, it's because of the rum. I'm not, uh, I, mean, I love the I still love the game. But um, no, I have no. So Doctor Strange is funny because it's one of the only Marvel movies, or, or I think it's Mar. Is it a Marvel movie? No. Yes, it is. I think I think it is. Yeah. That's one of the only Marvel movies that's come out in like 10, 20 years that has not had kind of. It's had really no fanfare. Uh, compared to the others. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I generally, as Eduardo knows, I really don't fuck with these kind of movies, and I will I will super take the under. Unmute yourself there, Ed. We can't read lips. 
<laughs> Fair enough. It actually was, I was trying to tell you that you might. I think you might. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Uh, uh, yeah, I think we might have some feedback on on uh, uh, Jay's side. But yeah, uh, so, yeah, so we, we know you're not like a big, you know, we know you're not like a big Marvel guy. That's fair. Uh, but this, and I'm hesitant about taking the over. I, I'm not sure exactly what the appetite of of it is. I mean, these movies definitely depend on word of mouth. But one thing that Marvel has shown, and and kind of like how I will stop disrespecting the hustle god Tyler Perry, I'm gonna stop doubting Marvel. I mean, when they took. A, a property I'd never even heard of, really, The Guardians of the Galaxy, and turned it into my action movie of the summer like two years ago that I saw in D-Box like two or three times, dragged the girlfriend at the time to go see it, too. I mean, it, I mean I'm mean, i not going to doubt them at all. Like, if they can crank out $70 million off this, I mean, if anyone can, they can. So I'm, I'm going to put my faith in the Marvel machine. I'm going to take the over, and, you know, we're going to see what happens. Yeah, but Gu- Guardians of the Galaxy was fun. That's the difference. Like that's a fun yeah. movie with it. Like Chris Pratt was great. This this Doctor Strange thing looks way too serious. They look like well, we didn't know what it was though too. back then. I mean, you know, we didn't know what Doctor Strange. I mean, what Guardians uh, Galaxy was when it first came out, and so and we don't really know what Doctor Strange is. Either, so it's biting every bit of Inception possible. It pisses me off. I'm still gonna go see it. Under fifty million is my call. I'm saying it does forty six million. Boom! Forty-six million. Y'all heard it here first. Well, all right. Well, let me let's bring this plane in for a landing. It's been another excellent hour with great guests. Well, let's give it. Let's give Jay Devlin a cinema draft welcome or thank you for showing up on the show. Plug your stuff, Jay. What are you into? What are you about? Into Manwood. So I've a show out here in LA called Mostly Sports. We're on uh, iHeartRadio, UBN Radio, iTunes, Stitcher. Tinder, Grinder, <laughs> Match.com, everything. Just put it. Put mostly sports in the Google machine, and, and some good stuff will pop up, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'd uh, like to thank our our steady co-host Peter coming back in out of the cold of the Palouse. Welcome back, Peter. Uh, glad to have you back. Yeah, no, I'm just happy to be here and happy to be the only person who ever lived in the Palouse who also designed a, a daily fantasy app ever, period. Only Fingers crossed, because you know the imitators are coming. They're coming. Yeah, well, I'm just... <laughs> That's I'm, excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad to be here. And uh, yeah, uh, shout out to Jay's podcast also. Mostly Sports is great. Uh, both, both of you guys, are the chemistry is phenomenal and uh really really good stuff and i the, the first time i had ever listened when ed was on and then from there it's uh you know i've listened to here and there as well and I highly 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 much 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 appreciated man thank you very much dude. thank you both of you for having me on thank you no, Mike yeah, Stavata, yeah he's as as usually you're welcome anytime in addition to our for people who just listen to the weekly hour long we also do micro pods on the weekends uh, around the weekends after the after the call sheets have locked so we see other people's call sheets and particular weekend as well as after things are wrapped up so we have uh, we have some analysis Jay Devlin's always been great to lend us his thoughts and his strategy no one takes this game as seriously as him not even as creator so we thank you for yourself available this is awesome it's awesome well hey i'm gonna uh i'm gonna go turn all the lights off and pull the shades down and go watch wild things
That's and... right. <laughs> the way nature intended, <laughs> damn it. All right, so where can you find Cinema Draft on that note? You can find us at cinemadraft.co. Sign up for the free beta. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Play Cinema Draft. Facebook, Cinema Draft. Instagram, at Play Cinema Draft. Damn it. Give us back our Cinema Draft Instagram. Medium slash at Cinema Draft. And we even have a Pinterest. Please also subscribe at your iTunes, Google Music, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We are live this week once again with $200 plus of prizes this weekend. Go to cinemadraft.co to sign up. We have the feature presentation, which everything kicks off at 10 p.m. Pacific on Thursdays. Theater counts lock for ultimate certainty at 6 p.m. that same day with the game running four hours later. $70 to first in the feature presentation. Totally, totally free to play. Tell a friend to tell a friend. All right, results are 3 p.m. Pacific on Mondays. And that is going to be our show this time. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks for tuning in once again. And we will see you at the movies.